And I'm Tiff, and we're your Curious Cousins. Where we talk about everything kooky and spooky in the state of Oklahoma. Welcome to episode 29. Welcome. Yes. Hello. Hello. How are you? Good. Good. Doing good. You? Good. Good. Nothing exciting going on in my life. (laughs) Uh, Mine either. Yeah. It It is St. Patrick's Day. It is. Jess had me try the... uh, a TikTok trend today. I did. <laughs> she brought over. <laughs> she brought over some fruit roll-ups, and we put a little bit of mango ice cream and a little bit of passion fruit ice cream in it, and it quickly rolled it back up. And it's hardened. so good. It was so really good. good. So good. Oh my gosh, so good. We're gonna have another one when this is over. You betcha. It's our reward. <laughs> yes. For recording two episodes in one week. Yay. Yes. Sorry, my cord to my headphones are flopping all over the place. Uh, okay. So yeah. Anyway, <laughs> nothing. I forgot what we were doing. <laughs> no. Yeah. Nothing exciting going on. Sorry, we had to fix our headphones really fast. But yeah. Yeah. It's the end of spring break. Nine more weeks of school left. Yeah. I don't know what that was. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do school, so. Well, I mean, like, my job isn't. Yes. I'm not a teacher or anything. So it's not in the education it field. It doesn't to me. Yeah. <laughs> not that I didn't go, but you know what I mean. <laughs> I'm just going to stop right there. Okay. So, anywho, I was perusing our Facebook and um, was looking at some things. Mm-hmm. 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 Some creepy things. <laughs> And I posted it. And uh, Jess and I will be getting a P.O. box if anyone would like to send us a (laughs) uh, doll planter. No. Uh, Absolutely not. Please DM us. Um, You can do Facebook. To be safe, I would do both Facebook and Instagram because if Jess tries to delete one, she'll forget that she probably has access to the other. And I can Uh. give you our P.O. box and... I will gladly take those, and I will gladly build a shelf to put them on in the pod lab. No. (laughs) Please don't. Or if you are my two coworkers, I don't know if I should shout out their names, but I won't just yet. But if you all make me one, you know where I work, so. Torture. That's what I'm feeling right now. Torture. (laughs) It's It's like my living nightmare. It's just for good fun. But... I don't want anyone to go out and find me a doll that might be haunted. I don't want a haunted doll because I'm not trying to bring that into my house. I don't want one at all. Thank you. But if it was one of my friend's children's dolls. No. I can assure that your house is probably not haunted. So it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. We're not going to take that guarantee. I especially like the dolls where the plant was growing out the eyeball. No. No. My favorite was none of them. Ugh. Zero. So dramatic. Nope. Just a lifetime of nightmares. That's all I'm <laughs> seeing in my future. We Torture. could paint them as Muppets. Oh, that's even worse. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, send your other ideas to me at Curious Cousins. To torture Okay. Jess. At gmail.com. In the subject line, just put for Tiff only. Uh, So, uh, do you want to hear a scary story? Yes. 
well, it's not really scary, but maybe a spooky story. Does it involve dolls? No, but it involves your second favorite things. Basements. Basements. Oh. <laughs> I don't right. know which is worse. So I'm covering both the Tulsa Little Theater and the Tulsa Spotlight Theater. Okay. When I first went into this, I did not realize that they were two different things. Mm-hmm. And so when I started researching, that's when I discovered that they were two different things. Mm-hmm. And um, one started because of the other. Okay. But they have, it's a really, really cool history. And they've got some really cool and funny spooks. Okay. So we're going to start with the Tulsa Little Theater. And it is located at 1511 South Delaware Avenue here in Tulsa. And you are still able to go and visit it and catch a show there. Mm-hmm. Also, if you are in need of legal advice. It is also the home or the office of an attorney. Oh, interesting. Like a twofer. Twofer one? Yeah. So a little bit of history about the Tulsa Little Theater. It is the longest running community theater west of the Mississippi and the seventh longest in the nation. Oh. Yes. That's cool. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. On December 10th of 1922, Mrs. Bonnie Reed and Mrs. Hope Holloway formed an acting troupe that performed all over Tulsa. Did you say 1922? Yes, ma'am. Okay. In 1925, the troupe had over 300 members, so they moved to the Alhambra Theater. It was located on Cherry Street. Currently, it is a parking lot, but a lot of the buildings that were attached to it are still there. Okay. In 1929, three women were looking for a place to have stage plays and musical. One of them was Mrs. Reed. The other one was Mrs. Holloway. And I didn't get the name of the third woman. But they were looking for a place to have their stage plays and musicals. And so they purchased this piece of land on 15th and Delaware. Mm -hmm. Um, While construction was happening or while they were raising funds to get construction, they used tents uh, while the theater was being built. And so their first play was performed in a big I would say, like, circus-sized tent. Okay. And it was called East Lynn. Okay. In 1932, construction was completed on the Tulsa Little Theater despite the Depression. Mm -hmm. The first show that they held there was called Cradle Song. Hmm. Okay. Don't worry, I've never heard of any of these plays either. Okay. So, um, you said it was completed in 1932? Yes. When did construction start? 1929. Oh, okay. So it did take him a little bit to build. Yeah. Uh, but we have to realize that it was during a depression. Right, so right. So I'm sure materials were hard. Money obviously was tight. Right. So, uh, but they were, despite everything, able to get it completed. Um, the building is built in a plain art nuevo style. And I didn't know what this meant. Yeah, I, I don't either. So I looked it up. Okay. Because if you are familiar with Tulsa, you know that a majority of Tulsa is built in the Art Deco style. Right. Which at this time was extremely popular. Yes. Well, the Art Nuevo style was out of style during this time, so it's very strange that it was built in this style. It was popular from about 1890 to 18, to 1910. Okay. And it's often inspired by natural forms, such as sinuous curves of plants and flowers, other characteristics of Art Nuevo were a sense of dy- I can't say this word dynamicism and movement, often given by a- asymmetry or whiplash lines, and the use of modern materials, particularly iron, glass, ceramics, and later concrete, to create unusual forms and larger open spaces. Hmm. Okay. So, uh, and I just really got that off of Wikipedia. So, <laughs> yeah, take well, it for what it is. You know. 
in in the 1930s and the 1940s, this Delaware Playhouse Mm -hmm. is kind of what it was called. It was the epicenter of Tulsa arts and the entertainment scene at the time. So it's a hopping place. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It had the first, it was the first community theater in the U.S. to produce the play Our Town and All My Sons. I feel like I've heard of Our Town. Yes, yes. I've heard of that one. I think it is. I think they did adapt it into a movie as well. Renovations to the backstage and the foyer foyer were completed in the 1940s. In 1959, Tulsa Little Theater had the largest non-professional theater company in the U.S. Oh, cool. And in 1964, it boasted about 8,000 members. So, Oh, members? Yeah, members that were of the Tulsa Little Theater. So that's like super cool that there were so many actors and actresses and directors and people involved in the stage Stage, or in community theater. Something like that. In 1965, during a production of the play The Woman, a fire broke out and destroyed most of the backstage area. In 1966, so just like, I think it was even less than a year later. Okay. During a production of South Pacific... Another fire broke out, forcing the troupe to move their performance to the Tulsa PAC, which that had, would have, I don't remember when it said the completion of the PAC was, mm-hmm. but um, that is currently the home of this acting group. Okay. The actual stage and seating area are located below ground. Oh, gross. <laughs> Jess, I'm going to buy us tickets. Here's the kooky fact. There were there was at one time going to be two theaters, one at ground level, and then the one, the original one, which is below ground or basement level. Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. due to the fires, the construction of the ground level, level theater was nabo- never able to be completed. Mm. In 1972, again, it like smashed more records as the largest community theater group in the US. In 1974, it changed its name to Tulsa Theater Incorporated. And in 1989, the theater groups moved to their permanent home at the Tulsa PAC. Mm. So it just just outgrew this Mm -hmm. little building. Right. So they moved it to the Tulsa PAC. Okay. So after that, the building had several different owners, became several different things. Mm -hmm. It has been a karmic church. It was Adele, it was a nightclub that they renamed or rebranded the name as the Delaware Playhouse, which what, I think ended up being a nightclub. What's a karmic church? I don't know. I didn't look it up. Okay. And uh, then it was also the Avondale Studios. Hmm. Okay. In 2004, it was abandoned and in serious disrepair. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like abandoned Oklahoma would have loved to probably have gotten their hands on it. <laughs> probably. I saw a lot of pictures when it was abandoned, and it uh-huh. was much like Dungy Academy, where just a lot of trash had been left in it. Uh, uh, the homeless had gotten into it and probably stayed there, oh, I'm you know, sure. out of the elements. Bryce M. Hill, who is an attorney here in Tulsa, he was going to purchase the building to turn it into a law office. You know, I think I saw this on um, maybe Discovery Oklahoma around like oh, Halloween. Probably. I think they went oh, there yeah. and talked yeah, probably. about it. I, I think, think yeah. This is kind of, this part is sounding a little yeah. familiar. So here's another kooky fact. Initially, when Hill went to purchase the property, he had thoughts and dreams of turning the stage into his own personal <laughs> basketball court. Oh, how funny. <laughs> but he just decided otherwise maybe uh-huh. he decided that hey i could you know 
the community Kill, could yeah use we it could or... reuse this in some way it took 14 months for him to completely restore the theater oh wow it is now modern and state-of-the-art it seats 200 in the theater part uh-huh. uh, he was able to save most of the historical aspect of it and it serves as both a theater and hill's law office today that's really good that he was able to restore most of yes it. and you're able to rent it out for events Nice. And um, I was looking at pictures of it, and they do still have productions put on there. And so there's still tickets available to the public, so it would be a really fun place to go and visit, I think. Oh, nice. Are you ready for some hauntings? Yeah. It's been suggested that due to the property's many owners, producers, performers, you know, the visitors, mm-hmm. that those residents have been printed onto the place. I was going to ask you. Now, this, you can shoot me down. Or... Okay. If you're going to talk about it. Now, with all the fires that they've had. Okay. I'll talk about it. Okay. Uh, Many are still said to be felt and heard there today. The fires, though. I jumped the gun. (laughs) Actually killed no one. Oh. Well, that, okay. Well, that was my question. Today, musicians, actors, and stage persons state that the equipment often malfunctions, lights turn off and on, the normal things. Mm -hmm. Faint voices can be heard, images have been seen. Mm. Um, The law office staff will tell you that files will just mysteriously be misplaced and then turn up somewhere weird. Oh, I bet that's annoying. Footsteps were heard one evening so loud that it sent three grown men running out the door, not to return until the next morning. Oh my gosh. So it sounds like you don't want to be there after Right, right. Sandbags for the curtains have been seen swaying on their own. Nope. Some have even crashed to the stage, barely missing someone. Nope. That's not fun. (laughs) Jess's favorite type of ghost, children. Children seem to be the ones that are able to see other children that aren't supposed to be there. In the early 1990s, a person went there to sort out costumes on a dark and rainy night. Um, that's your first right. mistake. <laughs> right. They had to use a lighter to find the light switches nope. to turn the lights on. And while reaching into a curtain booth to turn on a different light switch, she was hit in the head by something. <gasps> she and her partner noticed that all the seats in the audience were folded up except one. Do you want to know what number it was? Oh, 13? Yes, it was number 13. Oh, 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 That's my gosh. favorite number. Oh, they so immediately left, leaving all the lights on. Mm-hmm. When they were attempting to lock the doors, the key wouldn't work. <gasps> so they left the doors unlocked until morning when they returned. <laughs> the hair on my arm is like standing up. Gross. <laughs> Near the curtains on stage, a strange ball of light is often seen bobbing around. Nope. Uh, something will stand behind people on stage, but I'm then out. vanish when you turn around. I'm out. Uh, there's lots of touches by unseen hands. Strange noises are heard backstage when there is no one back there. No, there is a thing called boundaries. No touchy. <laughs> um, there are two particular ghosts that are named. They're, they're named? Yes, there's okay. Sarah. She's a little girl that roams the theater. Legend has it that Sarah was performing at a dance recital, and after the recital, she ran outside and ended up in the middle of the street where she was hit by a car, and her injuries ended up being fatal. Oh, that's sad. The former owner would get knocks on the door from nearby residents telling him his daughter was playing in the street. (sighs) 
He was single with no children. Oh my gosh. Current owners say that they have not received those knocks. However, passerbys claim to hear a little girl talking and singing out at the theater's doors. The owners claim their nephew was followed by Sarah and even saw her transparent figure. Oh, yuck. Then there's George. Is he the one that's touchy? (laughs) Probably. George was a former director who suddenly died of a heart attack during a performance. Oh. He was said to have been a prankster in life and in death. Many claim to have witnessed or been a butt to his jokes in the afterlife. A former actress said that she went to retrieve some props before a show and found the prop closet empty. She went to report the missing props only to find them all over the theater in weird places. During the night when no one was there, the props would again be removed and placed around. That's so mean. George is often seen sitting in, quote, his chair. Is that number 13? I don't know. They never said which chair was his, but they said that he was often seen. His appearance was seen in his chair. You know I have to drive home tonight, right? Right. By myself. I know, and I still have another theater to cover. (sighs) A light in the theater is always left on for George. If it flickers, they know he is around and messing with them. Why do they leave the light on? I guess that they just know. Maybe that was an agreement they had. They had said, George, we'll leave a light on for you all night long. And if you're with us, just flicker the light. We'll know. We'll be like, hey, George, what's up? I feel like as a ghost, he should have, like, night vision. I don't know. I'm not a ghost. All right. So the Tulsa Little Theater led to the creation of this next theater, which is Tulsa Spotlight Theater. Okay. Uh, Tulsa Spotlight Theater, again, is still running. You can go and still see shows there. In fact, I saw a show there last Sunday. It is at 1381 Riverside Drive in Tulsa. Mm -hmm. It was built in 1928 by architect Bruce Goff. It is built in the international style. You didn't know today was going to be spooky, kooky, and architecture. Nope. Sure (laughs) didn't. (laughs) The international style, or internationalism, is a major architectural style that was developed in the 1920s and 1930s and was closely related to modernism, modernist architecture. Three principles of style, volume of space, as opposed to mass and solidity, regularity and flexibility. You're speaking Greek. It's I know. I, I feel like the only person who probably understood what I just said was my cousin Rachel. Probably. She's on the, the other architect. Side. She is, yeah. The most common characteristics of international style buildings are rectilinear forms. Sorry, Rachel. Light, taunt plane surfaces that have been completely stripped of applied ornamentation and decoration. Open interior space. Open interior spaces and a visually weightless quality engendered by the use of cantilever construction. Hmm. I don't... Rachel, write in and tell us what that all meant. <laughs> I'm, I'm just looking at Tip with this, like, blank expression. <laughs> <laughs> in 1952, a group of veteran actors from the Tulsa Little Theater <laughs> met on Saturday nights just to socialize. They'd known each other for 10-plus years. They just wanted a meeting place. To socialize, meet new people, discuss their mutual love of theater and the arts, like a book talk kind uh-huh. of club. So they first started meeting at Mike uh, Badeen's or Badeen's, I don't really know how to say his last name, restaurant. They would have cocktails, food, there was lots of talks of books and Broadway, Sounds movies. Like a good time. Yeah, arts and upcoming theater productions that they were all involved in. Mm-hmm. 
Some form of entertainment would also be included, such as like somebody would like start doing a comedy sketch or they do a reading or a song or dance, but sometimes they played bingo. Ooh, bingo. It was like wildly bingo. popular for the time, lots of fun. So this led to the formation of the Spotlight Club. Ah, And it was formed by Carl Jansen, Virginia Banfield Thompson, Richard Cook, and Richard Mansfield Dickinson. Hmm. By February of 1953, the club had outgrown Mike's Restaurant, so it moved to the home of Richard Mansfield Dickinson. Okay. Mr. Dickinson had formerly been a director and actor at Tulsa Little Theater, but at this time he taught English at a local business college and gave private speech and drama lessons at his home. The placard, it still hangs in the theater with his portrait uh-huh. saying like Tulsa Speech School. Uh-huh. And so it's really it's really kind of cool. Huh. His home was named the Riverside Music Studio. It was named that because in 1928, when it was built, it was built as a residence Mm -hmm. and a recital hall for Patty Shiner. She was a classically trained piano teacher. Okay. And she built this three-tiered residence with big round window facing the river. And it's one of the identifying things that people most notice about the theater. Like you can still, when you drive by today, it's like the thing you noticed right Uh, off the bat. Okay. It featured an auditorium. And a stage and seating for 100 guests. Plus, she lived there and oh, whatnot. Sounds like quite the setup. So, this Mr. Dickinson owned it. Okay. And he lived there. So, on November 7th of 1953, he opened the Spotlight Club up to his friends. Mm-hmm. And they had decided that they needed funds to run the group. And so, they discussed having a starving artist bake sale <laughs> or cakewalk or uh-huh. car wash. Yeah. To raise money to kind of furnish it to start having productions there. Okay. Uh, upon returning from a trip to California, though, Mr. Dickinson suggested putting on a melodramatic play. They were very popular in the 50s. Mm-hmm. What was popular at the time was William W. Pratt's Ten Nights in a Bar Room, and they suggested doing that one. However, it was five acts long. Mm-hmm. And so if it's that long, you know, they'd have to provide meals. They'd have to provide, like... Lots of restroom breaks and things of that nature. And they just wanted something for an evening. They didn't want like a whole day type of ordeal. Okay. So they wanted, needed something shorter. So Mr. Dickinson suggested rewriting the play into three acts and performing the show at his home. Okay. So this would lead to no payment of royalties, no rental fees. Thus, all the proceeds would just go straight to their club. Okay. So on November 14th of 1953, The Drunkard and the Oleo debuted. In 1962, the club renamed itself the Tulsa Spotlight Incorporated. Okay. Mr. Dickinson refused offers to purchase the property. It was rumored to have been offered $70,000 at one time for the property, which I did do my inflation calendars how, today. How much did you say? 70000 Okay. I did do the inflation calendar the calculator <laughs> this time. That would be almost $700,000 today he was wow. offered for the property. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, he turned it down. Oh. Uh, the Drunkard and the Oleo was a Tulsa staple at this time. And uh-huh. I'll be honest, it's a Tulsa staple still. It played every week. And as a kooky fact, it plays every Saturday. And it has since 1953. To this day? To this day. Oh, interesting. So as Mr. Dickinson's health started to fail uh-huh. and to ensure that the Spotlight Theater lived on, he sold the property to Tulsa Spotlight Incorporated for $40,000, which would be about $400,000 today. Mm-hmm. A super bargain. Yeah. He sold it interest-free as long as they made $200, $200 monthly payments. 
So roughly $2,000 mm-hmm. a month today. Yeah. In 1978, they had a mortgage burning party because they'd paid off the mortgage. Oh, nice. Yes. In 2001, it was listed uh, as a National Historic Site. Mm-hmm. In 2023, so this year, this is the 70th year of America's longest running play. Every Saturday since 1953, and it's The Drunkard. Oh, that's cool. So um, what's really cool is I have a student who is very involved. Uh Um, She's been in several plays Uh at this playhouse, and that's where I was last Sunday. I went and saw her play. Okay. And so I really cannot wait to get back with her and talk to her. Uh Uh-huh. And I'll come back to you guys to see if she's experienced any hauntings. Oh, yeah, but this is what is said about the hauntings. Uh, there's footsteps in the costume room on the second floor. Mm. Oh, <laughs> I don't like that look. The basement has eerie scratch marks <gasps> all over the wall. Ew. There's <gasps> phantom laughter. No. French songs have been heard being sang, which I think is super creepy because you have no idea what they're saying unless you can speak French and I cannot. There's eerie singing often heard in the boys' dressing room. There's knocking on unopenable doors. Oh, Because you have to remember that this used to be a house, so they probably like sealed off some places and you can't, but they'll hear people knocking on it. The spirits aren't always welcoming though. Mm. Um... Footsteps can be heard in the basement with the scratching noises. And then when you go down there, of course, you see the scratches. So you just kind of wonder. No. And they actually, last fall in September, lost like their longest running theater guy. He had been working at that theater since he was 12. Like, I think he started in 1957. Oh, wow. And, yeah, he worked there or volunteered there and acted there and did all the things that you could do there. Mm -hmm. And then he passed away last September. So I thought that was really cool. And then I wonder if there's a new spirit that might be hanging around there. Because you can't tell me that his spirit didn't get a little bit imprinted on there. (laughs) But, yeah. So that is the Tulsa Little Theater and the Tulsa Spotlight Theater. Well, the history was very interesting, and the spooky was Don't you want to go? I want to go to The Drunkard, because it's America's longest-running community play. Yeah, that's why you want to go. I've, okay, I've already been twice, and I have <laughs> never once had any spooky encounter. They serve you I mean, food would, there, too. What? Yes. What kind? I don't know. I think, well, like, they have, like, at the Drunkard, it's, a, like, it's at 7 o'clock at night, and they have, like, at their intermission, I think they give, like, sandwiches or something. Oh. Well, I mean, it would be cool to go since it is, like, the longest running play. Like, tomorrow. What? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Definitely check them both out. I think it would how, be cool. Do you know how much, like, tickets are? Well, when I went uh, for my students' play, it was only... I think $12 was how oh, much it was for me. Bad. It's not expensive by any means. It's completely doable. And they have children's theater and then they have adults theater. The Drunkard, I think, is adults. But I think it's a family-friendly show. Yeah. And it also said something about, like, there would be old, like, dancing and kind of like old shows from back in the 50s, how they mm-hmm. had, like, 
opening uh-huh. acts and yeah. stuff, and then the play would go on, and then during intermission would be like another little act of some sort, and then the rest of the play. Okay, I so, admit that sounds really fun. Oh, I knew you'd come. I knew you'd come around to me. Okay, we'll so, go. We'll go. Yes. But yeah, so those were my two little kooky, spooky things I thought people would be interested in. It was very interesting. I liked it. Come visit Except Tulsa, for everybody. the creepy scratching in the basement. I That's just unnecessary. Wish, maybe they'd let us go look at it if we told them. We're with a podcast. I'm Can we come I'm look a at chicken. it? I'm going to hold my hand because oh i it. <laughs> oh my gosh. It'll be fine. You say that now. Do you know me? I'll trip down the stairs. <sighs> we should definitely go, though. Yes. Yes. So, yeah, that's all we have for this week. We have True Crime coming up next week. Mm-hmm. This one is going to be epic. It's probably going to be a multi-parter, just so you know. Okay. I don't even know what you're doing. I'm not going to oh, tell you. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I'm not going to no, tell you what I'm doing. I'm not going to tell you what I'm doing. Okay. Until well, we get there. Fine. It is, I will tell you, it's a listener pick. Oh. Yes. Okay. Okay. That's all you're getting. All right. And there's lots of conspiracies. Well, that'll be interesting. So if you really want to listen, make sure that you are liking and following us on all of your favorite podcast listening platforms. Mm -hmm. If you would be so inclined, please give us a review. Yes. We would love to hear from you. If you would like to talk to us more directly, you can, of course, email us. Email us at CuriousCousinsOK at gmail.com. Follow us on all of our socials at CuriousCousinsOK on Instagram and at CuriousCousinsOK podcast on Facebook. Remember, once we reach 400 followers on Facebook, we will be giving away your pick of one of our favorite Oklahoma books. It could be true crime. It could be paranormal. It could be history. Your choice. And if you have questions, comments, or concerns, reach out to us, direct message us. Email us. Yes, we whatever. respond. Yes, we do respond. We'd love to respond to you guys. We love to be talking to you guys. And yeah, tell us how you like the episodes too on Facebook. We love to hear you all's thoughts and opinions. Just tell them what to keep it. Keep it kooky and spooky. Bye. Bye.